You're listening to the Long's Chapel Weekly Message Podcast, available Sundays at 5 o'clock p.m. If you would like to connect to Long's Chapel or keep up with all events happening at Long's Chapel Church, connect with us via Instagram, Facebook, or on our church website, longschapel.com. Here at Long's Chapel, we believe in worshiping and serving God by reaching people and growing together as passionate followers of Jesus Christ, because all people matter to God. This week's message comes from our lead pastor, Reverend Chris Westmoreland. Excited that last week we began a sermon series. We were talking about how um, kind of tiny habits... Tiny habits aligned in the right direction can kind of lead to some really big change. And so we have an opportunity today to continue that conversation. Um, Tiny habits making big impact. And as we uh, kind of think and pray about that a little bit today, last week we had a chance to talk about how important focus is. Uh, how important focus is, uh, especially for those of us that might um, wrestle with attention deficit things in some kind of way, shape, or form, Um, right? Like sometimes we can chase squirrels. Um, Anybody like that? Do I have some other folks that are are similarly uh, struggling with that? Uh, Yeah, and so like sometimes it's hard to keep focus. And so like focus is really important because like focus won't totally determine an outcome. But if we don't have focus, then it makes actually arriving at a particular outcome all that more difficult. And so last week we had a chance to talk about kind of the privilege and the gift of, of focus and what it means for us to, to be able to kind of stay locked on the thing that matters most. And I say the thing that matters most because it's singular and it's like everything else throughout the story of the scriptures, everything else that God is calling us to be, everything else that God is calling us to be kind of comes out of this one focus that God invites us to have. And the way we talked about that last week uh, is the opportunity, um, kind of, it's spoken in the Westminster Confession. We talk about it in different ways in Wesleyan circles, but I really like uh, the way that it talks about the fact that we are uh, invited to spend our lives giving God glory and enjoying the, the joy, to enjoy God's presence as it comes to us as we long to give God glory with our lives. And I I just kind of just asked the question of what if that was the one metric that we had in our life? Like, am I giving God glory with my life? And like, how are the other things that we long to be more of? How do all of those things begin to line up? And how do all of those things begin to fall in place if we can actually take like that real core focus, that real core mission seriously. And so today I'll talk a little bit about not just focus, like that's kind of the beginning place, right? But kind of an anatomy of change and what does it look like for us to be um, made new by the power of the Spirit? Because that's like the Holy Spirit's promise to us, that's God's promise to us, is that as we have an opportunity to be captivated by God's grace that goes out before us, the more we're able to kind of turn our attention and focus towards that grace, the more we're allowed, the more we're opening ourselves up to the perfect love of God uh, to kind of rub off on us and make us more perfect in God's love. The more we do that, um, well, like the, the bigger impact that that love will tend to have on our life. And so, um, so this, this has actually been uh, passing around some of the email circles, but you may have uh, seen the story this week that I just uh, love. It's about uh, a preacher that gets invited to sit down with a farmer and his family for, for dinner. And so sure enough, they sit down for dinner and um, well, the, you know, the farmer says, hey, you know, I just, let me just pray for this meal. And so he starts out by saying, you know, Lord, Lord, I hate buttermilk. The farmer began. And the visiting pastors kind of open up his eyes, like he's like, kind of, what have I got myself into here? You know, what kind of prayer is this? And well, the farmer loudly proclaims, you know what, Lord, I also hate lard. Like I hate lard. And now the pastor's like growing really concerned. And without missing a beat, the farmer continued and said, Lord, like, you know, I don't care much for raw white flour either. 
Well, by then now, like the pastor's eyes are fully open. He's kind of looking around the table and he's kind of grateful that there are other eyes that are open and inquisitive and curious as everybody seems to be feeling uncomfortable at this moment. But then the farmer says this, right? He finishes the prayer by saying, but Lord, like when you mix them all together and you bake them, I sure do love warm, fresh biscuits. So Lord, when, when things come up that we don't like, when life gets hard, when we don't understand what you're saying to us, help us to just relax and to wait until like you're done mixing the ingredients. And it'll probably be even better than biscuits. Amen. Amen, Amen right? Like, holy cow, like I'm thinking like Bruce Almighty. Now, now that's a prayer, Right? Now, that's a prayer. Like, all these things individually, man, I don't care for them very much. But somehow, well, God, when you mix them all together, man, not only do they just not turn out all right, but they turn out excellently. They turn out excellently. So, like, I'm curious. I was reading Christine Kane this past week, and I love um, this when she's talking about the fact that to be kind of stagnant or to regress in our faith journey, it's not like we have to start doing these really horrible things. And it's not like we have to like leave these really amazing, wonderful things completely undone in our life. It actually doesn't take any of that. Uh, she uses the image of a boat. So I want you to think about like Lake Junaluska doesn't have water today, but think about if it has water in normal times it does, right? Think about the fact you're out in a canoe in the middle of, of, of the lake and, and you're floating, right? You're floating. You're floating. And she says this, you know, the only thing that, the only thing that you have to do to drift is nothing, the only thing that you have to do to drift is nothing. Like not commit some great sin or just like just do nothing. I want you to think about like when you're just drifting in life. Like when I'm just drifting in life. When you're just drifting in life, right? Like it's not like we're actually like staying still, but we're actually just kind of like going with the tide. And so what does it mean for us to live life from a different purpose and intention? What does it look for us to live life from a different, again, a place of focus, but a focus that's committed to actually following uh, God's kingdom and God's life, uh, the abundant life that God has for us uh, that gets revealed, right? So um, like, there's this really kind of simple question. It, it starts simple and then it begins to grow. It starts simple and then ends up maybe not so much simple. But the simple part goes something like this. I, I want you to think in your heart about when's the last time that you expected God to do a new thing in your life? When's the last time that you expected and actually counted on God doing a new thing in your life? I want you to think about life as we kind of live it sometimes on autopilot, Right? And what I mean by the simple part is the simple part is simple before it's hard. And it's like, do you believe that God is, is preparing to do a new thing? Like, do you believe that God is doing a new thing? Like, when we begin to, like, you know, kind of go all in and say, hey, maybe God's up to something new here. Like, I'm going to stake my life on this new thing that God is doing. I kind of rearrange my life and, like, my assets and my resources around, like, this new thing that God is doing. Then, well, then it's hard. Like, then it's hard because then we've made the declaration of, okay, God, we're open to a new thing that you're doing. We've also sometimes put an asterisk by that and say, as long as that's not too radical, God, or doesn't kind of mess with our comfort or, like, mess with our life or surprise us too much, right? We, we tend to put that asterisk by it. 
But then after we maybe begin to expect that God's going to do a new thing, then we actually have to like realign control in our life so that we realize that we're not in control of that new thing. And then God does this new thing and we get to, we get to watch God do what God does. And we get to like watch God like part waters. And we get to watch God like move mountains. And we get to watch God like, like take somebody who really shouldn't have been made well in their well. We get to watch God raise something that was dead and bring it back to new life, whether that's a person or a marriage or a relationship or a friendship. We get to watch God and be a part of God resurrecting the broken. And somehow, friends, all of that, all of that starts with some modest openness to expect that God is up to doing a new thing. And that's a very deeply held biblical value. So Isaiah 43 and 2 Corinthians 5. Uh, in this series, I'm trying to balance some Old Testament wisdom with some New Testament wisdom to help you appreciate the fact that what we're talking about in this series isn't something relished to an old covenant or just to a new covenant, but it's actually something that God has been doing. God is doing and God will continue to do, and we get to choose whether we want to be a part of it or not. And so Isaiah 43 and 2 Corinthians 5, here's uh, what it says. This is Eugene Peterson's the message. This is what God says. The God who builds a road right through the ocean, who carves a path through the pounding waves. The God who summons horses and chariots and armies, and they lie down and they can't get up. For they're snuffed out like so many candles. Like, forget about what's happened. Like, don't keep going over old history, but be alert and be present. Like I'm about to do something brand new, God says. Like it's bursting out. Don't you see it? Like there it is. Like I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the badlands. Like wild animals will say thank you and the coyotes and the, the buzzards because like I provided water in the desert and rivers through that sun-baked earth, drinking water for the people, the people I made especially for myself, a people custom made to praise me, a people custom made to give me glory and honor, right? Thus saith the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And I love 2 Corinthians, right? How it continues, right? With this same uh, theme, 2 Corinthians 5. Because of this decision, we don't like evaluate people by what they have or by how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and we got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at the Messiah that way anymore. No, we look inside. And what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah, there's a fresh start there. It's created new. For the old life is over and a new life emerges. Look at it. Like all this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships one with another. For God put the world squarely on himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. Like God has given us the task of telling everyone what God is up to. And we, you and I, are Christ's representatives. God uses us to will persuade men and women to, to drop their differences and to enter into God's work of making things right between them. And we're speaking for Christ himself now, right? And he says this, closes out this part with this. 
Become friends with God because God's already a friend with you. Let me say that again. Become friends with God because God is already a friend with you. Can you say that with me? Like, become friends with God because God has already become a friend with you. Become friends with God because God has already become a friend with you. This also is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Man, just like what a powerful word. And I just, I think I'm encouraging you, inviting you, kind of pushing on that part of your life, that part of your life that whether you say it out loud or not, says things like where things aren't where Christ would call them to be, where things aren't where God and you would long for them to be, that part of you that feels defeated, that part of you that feels like, yeah, there's really nothing I can do about that. Like, you know, life is like life and man, things happen and, you know, things end up differently. And, and, and yet, like all of this scripture and all of the story of those who come in contact with Jesus is that something new begins to break out in their life. Every single one of them who will even present the most modest openness to this new spirit that Christ is bringing, the spirit of resurrection and the spirit of power, that God begins to do a new thing, a new thing in their life. You know, think with me about you know, your life as I think about my own life and I'm thinking about how much of my life I'm consciously living and how much of my life I kind of live on autopilot, right? Just kind of trying to get by the day to day. But, but what would it look like if we had a higher expectation of God than that? That God is actually doing a new thing in every aspect of our life where we're actually modestly open to God doing a new thing. And that, and that shame and guilt, like that's actually probably not going to motivate us to do something radically different. But somehow freeing ourselves right, from a lifetime of kind of self-trash talk and believing that, like, God has done and is doing a remarkably new and beautiful thing in your life. And, and that, like, in giving ourselves over to that, that our life can actually begin to look more like God longs for it to look, which is what's leading us to abundant and eternal life. Well, like, there's some really profound stuff that can happen in that space. I, um, I've been mentioning that Tiny, uh, Tiny Habits, it's a book, uh, a guy named B.J. Fogg, Dr. Fogg, he like wrote this book and I love how he talks about this, particularly what seems like a very simple equation, but when you get up underneath it, there's like two or three chapters in the book about this not so simple equation, but I, I want you to think about like the simplicity of, of this particular equation. Any math geeks in the congregation today? Anybody math geek? Awesome. All right, so, so B equals MAP, right? B equals M-A-P, right? B stands for behavior. B stands for behavior, and map is, uh, map is motivation and ability, and then he uses the word prompt. Motivation and ability and prompt. That somehow, here's what he says. He says, a behavior happens, right? Uh, an action, a behavior happens when the three elements of map, motivation and ability and prompt, where they come together in the same moment. Motivation is your desire to, like, do a behavior, and then ability is our capacity, our ability, right, to do the behavior. And then a prompt is, is a cue 
to do the behavior. And with P there, if prompt doesn't work for you, although I think prompts are really important, um, think about prayer as a prompt, right? Think about prayer as a prompt, as something that is intentional, that's meant to evoke a particular kind of direction or response in the lives that we're called to live. And so we have an opportunity to think about how the behavior that we do, right, the lives that we live, somehow are a, com- a combined product of um, the, the motivations that we have, what we actually want to do, what we expect, what we long for, what we, what we hope for. Like our abilities, like what are we actually, what capacity and capability do we actually have? And then what are we being prompted into or what kind of life are we praying ourselves into or out of? Can I invite you to think about that for just a moment in your own life? And what if we like slowed down the best and the worst of our behaviors And we thought about the fact that somewhere deep down in there starts with a motivation of some kind, right? A motivation to do something, a motivation to soothe something, a motivation to, um, you know, lean into significance or whatever that may be. Uh, An ability, right? An ability to be able to do that. Like I can have a motivation to do brain surgery, but I don't have the ability to do that or at least not to do that well, right? So ability matters, right? And there's ways that we can get skills and ways that we can arrange abilities around the motivations that we have to live um, a, a God-centric life, right? And, and then the, the prompts that come along that will evoke that, that behavior, the, the prayers that we pray as we, um, like I'm thinking about the Lord's Prayer for a minute, like think about the Lord's Prayer and think about the prompt that it is of what is the Lord's Prayer prompting us into, and I'm just using this as an example, but I'll just start it, right? Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. You get a sense, right, of what that is prompting up in our life if we'll allow those words to actually become kind of the fiber of who we are and, and what we're about and what we long to be and what we long to do. Love how Second Corinthians says, right, this is what God says, like the God who builds a road right through the ocean, who carves a path through the pounding waves, the God who summons horses and chariots and armies and they lie down and then they, they can't get up and they sn- are snuffed out like candles. Like don't just get stuck in the past or the old history, but be alert and be present because God says, I'm about to do something on top of that which has been. I'm about to do a new thing on top of that, which was, and it's bursting out. And and you get to be a part of it. Do you see it? Like I'm making a road where there isn't a road. I'm like popping up a stream where there isn't water. Like I'm doing this for people that I'm claiming as my own, who I made, custom made, for the very purpose of bringing praise and glory and honor to me. Friends, how can we kind of intentionally think in our life and pray about moments and opportunities in our life um, where God is inviting us to give ourselves over to a new thing that God is doing? Can I um, maybe just invite you just to close your eyes where you are? Can I just maybe just invite you just to think from, think from your heart? Think from your heart, if you will. about a a behavior 
and, and it's in your heart and it's just between you and God. And so if it's a behavior that you feel like needs to change or if it's a behavior that could actually kind of help catapult you to new heights in, in your life, just think about whatever that might be for you. Just invite you to think about what that might be for you. Can I invite you to think, not just with your head, but also with your heart, can I invite you to think about what possible motivation might there be for like that behavior? What possible motivation might there be for that behavior? What possible motivation might there be? Possible expectation might there be? What's the possible payoff I'm not going to invite you to think about the abilities or like the capacity of that behavior and what it would be like to maybe shift that a bit to allow it to be more impactful or to maybe pay attention to it so that it's not destructive, whatever that might be for each and every one of us. It's not just about motivation. It's not just about ability, right? But I want you to think about the prompts for that behavior, whatever it may be, a prompt that kind of sends you into that, whatever that may be. And I want you to think, friends, as prayer as an example of the way that God longs to be present in our lives. Okay, there's a couple of P words for you. But as a prompt, what does it look like for us to think about prayer as an example of the way that God longs to be present in our lives? look like if we let God into that to prompt that particular behavior to turn us or steer us towards a new thing that God is doing oh God um, there are so often times in our lives where we sell you short I mean we have like a Bible full of stories and we have a life that, that is full of stories of ways that you've worked and ways that you've been involved and sometimes oh God we have expected something of you and it didn't happen in the way that we wanted it to happen and it hurt us and it may oh God have kind of stunted our ability to be able to believe that you are who you say you are and so oh God in this moment maybe we're praying for a bit of a reset Maybe we're praying for a bit of a reset, oh God, to realize that these incredible stories in the scriptures are really like things that, that happen to folks that are just like us, that are just trying to live their life. They're just trying to put food on the table. They're just trying to pass their exams at school. They're, they're just trying to like make friends and not get completely ostracized. They're like just trying to do their thing. And then somehow, oh God, there is this moment of openness where they begin to see you for who you are and there's something more on the other side of that. There's something more. Pray, oh God, that you would help us to believe in the more. That we realize, oh God, that these stories in the scriptures, man, I mean, you know, sometimes it looks like instantaneous change and sometimes the way it happens. But more often, oh God, it happens consistently, little by little, tiny by tiny, where then there is something just magnificent that comes out of 
well, lives that are made up of a bunch of behaviors that are meant to somehow point towards a long obedience in the same direction. And we long, oh God, for that direction to be you. And so we pray, oh God, that you would um, help us here and now to declare a different kind of hope and expectation about the way that you're involved in our lives. And help us, oh God, help us, oh God, to allow your word and your spirit and most of all, oh God, your promises to be the compass in our life that resets our direction towards home. And for that, oh God, we are eternally grateful in the strong and precious name of Christ we pray and all God's people said, amen. Thanks for joining the Long's Chapel Message Podcast. If you connected in any way with us via this podcast, we invite you to connect further by either leaving a rating and review down below or contacting us via our church website at longschapel.com. Here at Long's Chapel, we believe in worshiping and serving God by reaching people and growing together as passionate followers of Jesus Christ because all people matter to God. See you next week.